It's Tuesday, May 10th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, at one point last night, uh, I turned around and there was a corpulent woman who was warming up her vocals, and she, uh, she never got the opportunity. She never had a chance to sing. The, the fat lady, she never sang. I guess uh, the lesson here is when the Guardians are playing, it's not over until the fat lady sings. <laughs> You're not kidding. Or until Josh Naylor swings the bat. I mean, geez, oh, man, what a game for uh, Naylor. Uh, eight RBIs in his last three uh, three at-bats from the eighth inning on. Uh, RBI double, game-time grand slam, and uh, go-ahead slash game-winning three-run homer in the 11th. Just a, a, an unexpected night on the south side of Chicago, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, this was this was a game that was over. It was Michael Kopech was dominating the Guardians. They weren't doing anything. Uh, you know, Chicago gets to the point where they've, they've got uh, a reliever that they put in in the ninth just to get him some work. And really, Andres Jimenez lights the fuse with a, a solo home run. Uh, and, and that starts a six run comeback. Uh, there were a million reasons why this happened, but the biggest one, like you said, was Josh Naylor. Uh, Josh Naylor is quickly becoming, uh, not just a legend in the clubhouse. I mean, he's, he is the guy who is, is, is taking over and yeah. Jose Ramirez signed the contract to be the face of the franchise. Shane Bieber is your Cy Young winner and the, the, the darling of your, your stack cast guys and, and all that. But if you're looking in the clubhouse for, for leadership uh, from a guy who not only has the personality and the heart and the, the, the backs of every one of his teammates, it's Josh Naylor. Yeah. I mean, just uh, an amazing performance last night and uh, in the dugout, after both those home runs, he was like a like the Tasmanian devil swirling down the bench. I don't think anybody wanted to get in, get in get in his way. They were they were high fiving him, but they were doing it from a safe distance because that man, that was a man on a mission. Well, uh, I'm sure Tony Amato has to get him a new uh, a new batting helmet because he chucked the one uh, down the hallway as as hard as he could. Uh, very animated, very emotional, and you need a guy like that uh, on on every team. Uh, he's he's the guy that you look to 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 get everybody fired up and get pumped up, and uh, you know always animated. I saw uh, Framil Reyes. Uh, you know the two of them are very close. Uh, Framil jumped on his back in the dugout after the the second home run, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a guy who's still you know a couple months out of uh, you know major ankle and uh, and and leg surgery. Uh, a- after a horrific injury last year, uh, I'm, I'm wondering how much, uh, you know, Fran Mill jumping on him is <laughs> going to affect him there. Uh, but I'm sure the adrenaline right at, at that point was, was pretty much flowing freely. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, he had, uh, whatever was going on with him in the, in the Chicago crowd, he had the last say, because I don't know what, what was going on, but, you know, he was really fired up and, uh, and there was nothing Chicago could do to stop him. Uh, you know, Liam Hendricks, first pitch, grand slam. Hendricks had saved nine straight, uh, closed, you know, saved nine straight games. So he's, the be- you know, one of the best in the business. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, Naylor takes him deep and then uh, gets another chance with two outs in the 11th and uh, comes through again with the three run homer. And, you know, the way that game was going, you know, they needed every run they could get, Joe. If it's just a one-run game, if they just drive in one run and take, what, a, a, a 10 to 9 lead in that situation, we're probably still playing because that's the way that game was shaping up last night. Right. Well, uh, you know, and, and we'll get into all the other factors uh, besides Josh, but uh, there was a point in the in the ninth inning there, the bottom of the ninth inning, where Chicago had multiple opportunities to win the game, even uh, despite – uh, Naylor's heroics and and even in the 10th when they when the Guardians scored a run and it looked pretty good they put their closer in and uh, Emmanuel Class A uh, you know winds up making a bad decision throwing a ball uh, home instead of to first uh, it to to you know put them in a predicament where they needed Jose Ramirez's glove to come through and Josh Naylor on the other side of that play uh, so yeah multiple instances of heroics in that, in that game from not just Josh, but from, from a bunch of different players. Uh, Let's start with, you know, let's first go all the way back uh, to the, to the first inning. Uh, We got an indication of how things would, would maybe play out later when uh, the guardians got on the board first uh, fly ball off of Owen Miller's bat to right field. And uh, Gavin sheets drops the ball. Uh, defense has been an issue for the White Sox, uh, I guess, uh, specifically against the Guardians, because it goes back to the series in Cleveland where they committed, you know, four or five, you know, errors in a couple of games and looked awful. And all of a sudden, you know, they got swept by the Guardians in Cleveland. Uh, Tim Anderson did him, didn't win a gold glove, uh, you know, with his performance last night, two errors uh, and, and four total for the, for the White Sox. Yeah, just uh, really, you know, a sloppy, sloppy defense. And if you don't play defense in the big leagues, Joe, it's going to come back and bite you. And it did last night to Chicago. They had an eight to two lead going into the into the ninth. That was a game that, you know, for all you know, intents and purposes was over. And they make two errors in the in the ninth, one by Anderson, one by uh, Johan Moncada. And uh, it, it the door was left open and, you know, <laughs> Josh Naylor didn't all walk through the door. He, he knocked it off its hinges. Yeah, that was that was certainly the case. Uh, you know, again, back to the first inning, uh, Gavin Sheets redeems himself with a three run homer off uh, Zach Plesak. Terry Francona later says that the that was his his one bad slider that he threw in the game. If you ask Austin Hedges about it. Uh, he throws one bad slider, gets burned on a three-run home run. Uh, it's four to one uh, Chicago after that first inning, but Zach Plesac battles through six and a third, uh, stays out there, and looks looks as good as he has all season long um, with his command and and just with his his pitch arsenal, and he really gave the Guardians a chance to win by giving them the length that they needed. Uh, to to get into those later innings and and not giving up any further runs. Yeah, he was you know he was really good after that for the first inning. I thought that first inning kind of got away from him. You know that uh, the four runs scored with two out, and uh, you know, so you know they, he kind of hurt himself with a wild pitch there, a run scoring wild pitch. And but after that, you know he just kind of settled in and really didn't give up another run until. Uh, 
you know, the, the uh, RBI double by Anderson in the seventh with right. one out. Uh, so he, he did a nice job. And uh, Francona said that was his best, probably his best outing of the year. It doesn't look like it, you know, from the outside looking in. But like you said, Joe, he, you know, he got deep into the game and, uh, you know, they were able to save their, their uh, relievers until they needed them. Well, if you think about it now, uh, Plesek, Savali, and Quantrill all in their most recent starts have all turned in really good outings, uh, gone deep into games and, and, and given them uh, length from their starting rotation uh, that they've needed. And, and, and really more than that, just looked more comfortable and more like themselves. Uh, and, and, and hopefully that's an indication of what we're going to see from them moving forward. But uh, police act particularly, you know, one of the factors in, in why, uh, you know, the, the, the guardians were able to mount a comeback uh, coupled with the Chicago defense there. And, and we talked about uh, the, the play that Jose Ramirez made uh, set the stage. It's two outs with the bases loaded and Adam Angle at the plate uh, in the ninth inning. Chicago, you're, you're thinking after all of this, after, after all of the, the work that they did to get back into the game, that they're going to lose it on a walk-off. And, and that was, you know, that had to be the thought that it was going through everybody's mind. But Jose Ramirez makes a, a diving stop on a hot shot down the third baseline gets up, makes a quick throw that's in the dirt, but Josh Naylor stretches and keeps his foot on the bag. Very important. Uh, and, and the, and the play gets made. They, they force extra innings. And, you know, once they got to that point, they've, uh, they've done pretty well so far. Yeah. Uh, Francona said, uh, you know, as soon as, you know, he came outside of the locker room to talk to uh, the reporters, he said one of the first things out of his mouth was don't forget about the play Hosey made. That was, that was a game saver. And, uh, you know, Sandlin, Nick Sandlin pitched the ninth, loaded the bases with two outs and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, Ramirez's play bails him out, but, you know, he walked the bases loaded with two outs and uh, when, uh, you know, so, and then, um, so that was, I mean, you're, you're walking the tightrope then, and then, you know, you get right back, you, you, uh, you know, in the, in the top of the 10th, you know, Jimenez gives you what a, a 10 to nine lead mm -hmm. with a, an RBI double to score, uh, uh, you know, Owen, Owen Miller, the automatic runner. And then uh, your closer puts you right back in the fire, the frying pan again in the bottom of the 11. Right. Yeah. But uh, class A was able to work out of that in the, in the bottom of the 10th inning there. Uh, and after he'd given up the, the run on the sort of the questionable decision to try and throw home, uh, uh, on a play there, instead of taking the out, uh, he, he, he again loaded the bases and, and was able to get out of the, the frame. So, uh, yeah, a lot of different factors. You mentioned Andres Jimenez. Uh, over the last 10 games, I think he's batting 393. His slugging percentage is up over 600. He has 13 RBIs ever since that game. Ever since that game where he won the lady, the, uh, the, the Ford Bronco in, in Oakland with the grand slam. Uh, I think, uh, I think Andres has, has figured some things out last night. Really good sign to see him drive a ball out of the ballpark to the opposite field against a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I think both of those factors are huge. Uh, if Andres Jimenez wants to keep his bat in the lineup, uh, he, that's the kind of thing that you're going to have to see from him. And, you know, uh, right now he looks like uh, he's, he's totally locked in. 
Yeah, just and it's happening at the right time for him, Joe, because it just meant, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like there's kind of an interesting development taking place. Uh, you know, as we know, uh, uh, Ahmed Rosario started in uh, left field last night. First, first start in left field since, uh, you know, the, the opener. And, uh, you know, Francona was talking about it and said, you know, I've, you know, he, he talked with Ahmed uh, a couple of days ago. He goes, I've got these kids that I've got to play. I want to keep Naylor out of right field because, you know, I think it'll be better for his leg and probably better for our defense. So if Naylor's playing first, that means Owen Miller's going to bulk over and play second, and which means, uh, you know, Jimenez is going to go probably play shortstop because, you know, he's hitting like crazy. And uh, Rosario probably is going to – we're going to see, see a lot more of him in left field. But I'm thinking this infield is finally, you know, kind of taking form, Joe. You know, Ramirez, Jimenez – Miller and Naylor, it looks like, I mean, it could change tomorrow, but that's the indication uh, Francona gave reporters yesterday. Yeah, I, I, particularly against, uh, you know, maybe right-handed pitching, that might be an issue. They they might give Jimenez or Naylor a, a, a day, but uh, those are guys you got to keep right now, uh, left-handed or right-handed, uh, you've got to keep them in the lineup because they're both proving to be able to, to hit that way. Uh Major League Baseball offensive ranks right now. Uh, the Guardians, first in team batting average, 257. Second in RBI is 141. Uh, second in run scored, 144. Fourth in OPS, 726. Uh, total hits, they're third with 255. Uh, total doubles, they're third with 53. Uh, leading the league in triples. And the, the category that you didn't expect through, what, 29, 30 games? that the Guardians would be leading all of baseball in and on, a, on some sort of record pace. Five grand slams so far <laughs> this season. Uh, when the bases are loaded, these guys are as good as anybody in Major League Baseball. And uh, should we all be building our altars to Chris Vileka at this point? Yeah, I don't know what's going on, Joe, because, you know, they they went into the season saying we've got to do things different because, you know, we're, we're that kind, we're not going to be a really a high powered home run hitting type of offense. And uh, what they turned into is a high powered, not so much home run hitting offense, but certainly a run scoring, you know, uh, RBI producing offense which is one of the best in, in the big leagues right now. So, you know, I think the, the on-base approach, you know, the patient approach, you know, seeing a lot of pitches, guys like Straw and Quan and Ramirez and Miller, you know, and Fran Mill working the counts, that, that's really helped. The one thing that you're not seeing is with, with the bases loaded, with runners on base or in scoring position, you're not seeing a lot of striking out. You're not, you're seeing, you're at least getting, even if it's a fly ball or a ground out, you're at least getting balls put in play by these guys. They're putting the bat on the ball and they're making something happen. And it's a, it's a more exciting brand of, of, of offense, I guess, than the three true outcomes, home run, walk, or strikeout. So uh, I, I guess, yeah, the, the idea is to get guys in the lineup, guys like Stephen Kwan who put the bat on the baseball uh, and, and just have that sort of filter on through. You hear the, the young hitters talk about it all the time now in the, in the clubhouse is you want to have an at-bat for the guy, be, the guy after you, the guy behind you. You want to wear out the pitcher 
so that the next guy gets a mistake pitch and he hits the home run. That kind of selfless offense, I think, is is what's really uh, – it's an advantage of having a young team because you can get these guys to buy into it now and they're not these jaded veterans who are only concerned about their stats. They're, they're genuinely – you know, wanting to see their teammates do well. And, and that's something that's, that's not always the case in the big leagues. Yeah. I think that's, you know, it starts at the top with that starts with Francona comes from the manager's office, you know, is filtered down to the hitting team, you know, Valeka and, and uh, Victor Rodriguez, you know, those guys, uh, you know, what, what's their message is, is the message always the same to everybody and, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, when you're young, you're going to listen. You want to stay in the big leagues because you know how hard it is to get there and stay there. So, you know, it's a good combination right now. Okay. Uh, you know, two more points I want to I want to hit before we wrap up here. Uh, let's look at this from the other perspective. If you're Chicago today and you're coming to the ballpark, uh, do, do you feel like somebody is just standing on your chest right now? I, I mean, this is – Chicago is a team that come, came into this season with huge expectations. They had uh, spent, spent a bunch of money. They had all these, these upgrades to their pitching and, and bullpen. Their lineup was supposed to be this, you know, this veteran uh, lineup of hitters that, you know, is hard to get through just one time, uh, let alone, you know, keep them in check for, uh, you know, a, a, an entire game. Uh, right now it's their defense letting them down, but, where do, where do the White Sox go from here? They are 0-4 against Cleveland uh, in four games so far. Yeah, the White Sox, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to this, Joe. I think, uh, you know, they've been playing great baseball coming into this series. They'd won six straight, uh, seven of their last eight. Um, and, uh, you know, but defensively, they've still struggled. And I think that's that's the Achilles heel of this ball club probably you know they're starting to get their players back Mancata is back uh you know Joe Kelly is back those guys yes last night they both made their you know 2022 debuts so uh you know that that's going to help them you know at third and in the bullpen but I think it's still a dangerous team but geez oh man Tony La Russa is going to have to uh uh I don't know wave a magic wand here to to get these guys to pick up some ground balls well, uh, the first thing he can do is never let them wear those god-awful uniforms that they had on last night. They, uh, the, the pinstripe black uniforms, they look like uh, prison inmates, I think. It was, uh, you know, and, you know, not, don't read anything into that. I just think that the aesthetic of it was, was kind of just terrible. Southside uh, hit, man. That's what yeah. they reminded me of. I mean, come on. Those were, those were just terrible. Uh, and... I, I guess the other thing that, you know, I, I, I got to ask, you know, you've been, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, is there a game that you can recall turning that quickly, that late in the game? And, and just, you know, I, I, I remember Michael Brantley in 2018 hitting a grand slam that tied the game in the, in the ninth inning. That was a home game and, and Cleveland went on to lose that game. So, you know, it wasn't, it was, I believe it was against Texas and, you know, I remember the excitement of that that Brantley Grand Slam, but then just how disappointing it was that they didn't come through and come all the way back and win the game. I mean, this one, they come back and not only hit the Grand Slam to tie the game, but 
but the same guy gets up and hits a three-run homer to to basically say that's it it's over you're not coming back yeah and, and it's so hard to do that joe and especially with the automatic runner on second base you're on the road you know you've almost got to score two or three runs in the top of the top of every inning to have a, you know, to have really a kind of a safe feeling because all the cold team has to do is get that guy 180 feet to uh, tie the game and send the game for, for one more inning. And uh, so it, it, you know, it doesn't happen often, but I can remember there's been a lot of crazy games here. I remember Cody, uh, Cody, um, Cody, Allen. Cody Allen, you know, kind of blew a couple saves here in, in really ugly ninth innings. And, uh, you know, where they came back from a long way down, the White Sox. So, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. But you're not going to see a game like that for a long, long time. Uh, you know, a, uh, a Josh Naylor type game. I, those things, <laughs> that's, that's once in a blue moon. Yeah, that's, that's record setting, historic. Uh, you know, I, I believe Elias said that he's the first, uh, the, the first ever major league hitter to, to have uh, multiple three plus run uh, home runs in uh, the ninth inning or later. Uh, and, and so that's, that's a first. And I, I think the, the baseball savant uh, winning percentage, I think heading into that ninth inning, they had like a 2% chance or a less than 2% chance uh, to win. And that completely flipped on its head in the ninth inning. Uh, you know, the stack cast people will get a hold of this game and get a hold of the film and break down all of the, the uh, the wheres and and whatnots and wherefores and all that, but uh, you know, just from sitting home watching it, it was, uh, you know, for someone who was drifting off uh, to sleep anyways, it certainly woke you up and, and made you pay attention for an extra hour or so. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't fun to have to rip up your game story at that point, but uh, that was like four or five times. That was insane. At, at what point do you just stop what you're working on and open up a new file, a completely new file and start writing something new? Yeah. yeah. I just, you can start pushing everything down. You just keep pushing all the stuff that you've written, push it down, down, down and start over again. I've, I've sat next to this man in the press box when something like this happens and the, the litany of profanity is unmatched uh, <laughs> folks. Uh, it's a, it's a thing to behold. Uh, and, and we get to do it all again tonight, uh, you know, eight o'clock and, uh, the guardians will match up, uh, again with the white Sox uh, tonight at, uh, guaranteed rate field Cal Quantrill against Lucas Giolito, uh, another one of these Chicago, uh, right-handed starters who is, you know, a guy who can get on a roll. I mean, if you thought Michael Kopech was tough last night, uh, Lucas Giolito can be every bit as tough. Definitely. He's, you know, he's had some ups and downs against Cleveland, but lately he's pitched very, very well against them. All right. We will uh, look forward to your recap of uh, the game, uh, hopefully a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, Hoinsey, we will talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.